0: And again, this is being recorded. Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to our Zoom Bible study. Um, Thank you so much for joining in each Wednesday. It's a blessing and a privilege for us to fellowship, um, since we cannot be together physically for the most part, um, but also more importantly, to study God's word and um, to engage in discipleship, since that is our uh, topic, because one of the things we talked about last week is uh, discipleship is followership or following, but it's also being a learner, and so we talked about that um, last week. Again, we are in the season of Lent, so much of what we are talking about will have a Lent uh, emphasis, and Lent is a time of preparation from Ash Wednesday to Easter and a chance for us to refocus and to focus on repentance, renewal, reflection, and ultimately rejoicing as we look forward to Resurrection Day or Easter. Um, Next week, uh, on the 24th of March, the study will uh, be entitled What is Holy Week? Again, the title will be What is Holy Week? And because it's uh, more thematic, um, meaning we'll have various things that we'll look at for that whole week, Um, there's not a particular text. So I will give you some background scripture and that's John chapter 12 through 20. John chapter 12 through 20. And that encompasses what the events of Holy Week. Uh, We'll talk about that more next week, but Holy Week starts on Palm Sunday and of course concludes on Easter. So we'll just talk about different elements of, of what Holy Week is all about. So that'll be on next week. Um, let's see, let's let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for another day that you've made. Thank you for the opportunity to come together as believers um, that we can rejoice in you, the, God of our salvation, thank you for your word. Uh, Your word is already settled. Uh, Your word is foundational for us. And sometimes it rebukes us, encourages us, and uh, empowers us. But whatever you have in store for us today, we receive it with gladness. And may it uh, fall on good ground and bring forth increase you desire in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, before yeah. we get uh, go any further, you know, I think most of you, if not all of you, have been watching the weather report. So just uh, make sure that you're doing things um, to keep safe, um, get your flashlights, candles. Um, those who are fortunate enough to have generators, make sure <laughs> they are on the ready. Um, <laughs> so just uh, take care of oneself. Okay, so this week's lesson, as I mentioned in the beginning, we'll uh, continue in talking about discipleship. And again, part of Lent is renewing. So we're renewing our commitment to what it means to be a disciple. Last week, we talked about um, what it is to be a disciple. Now this week, we're more talking about what a disciple does. So this is more the action arm of what it means to not only to be, but to do. Or behave as a disciple should. Um, this lesson will have a somewhat narrow scope because as we'll, we'll get into the scripture in just a moment, but whenever we, you look at Matthew 28, 16 through 20, and we'll talk about that more, but it's called the Great Commission. Um, that passage uh, is such a um, kind of a, not kind of, it is a directive for us as a church, so it can very easily Uh, go into talking about what is the mission of the church, what is the church all about, Um, and and so forth and so on. So we're gonna kind of try to narrow it just to hit certain key elements as we look at that scripture, Um, but I would encourage you to continue to read that particular um, passage of scripture because that should be kind of the uh, evaluation tool for personally, but it should also be the evaluation tool of the church. Are we uh, following that? And if we're not, then we really need to relook at what we're all about, um, because we are called to be disciples in action. Um, In addition, before we get to Matthew 28, um, that is probably the most comprehensive um, passage when it comes to the Great Commission, but each of the Gospels has an some kind of version um, of the Great Commission, but it's more succinct in Matthew chapter 28. And so I'll read those passages of scripture, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And I will also read Acts chapter one, verse eight. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that was Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And I will also read Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Great Commission. I'll start off with the definition. Um, I think most of you listen uh, pretty in tune, what it's all about. And so the definition is I kind of modified a version of it that um, Campus Crusade, or what's now called Crew, uses. Um, So just hear this definition, and then we can go forward from there. The Great Commission is our Lord's command, highlight, underline. The Great Commission is our Lord's command to make disciples in all nations by taking the gospel to every person throughout the world. It involves building and multiplying disciples by baptizing and teaching them to follow Jesus. These disciples will in turn saturate their nations with the good news and train other disciples to do the same generation after generation through the process of spiritual multiplication. I know that was a long definition, but I think it kind of captures um, basically uh, what I'm trying to get across. And I'll quickly read through it one more time. The great commission is our Lord's command to make disciples in all nations by taking the gospel to every person throughout the world, It involves building and multiplying disciples by baptizing and teaching them to follow Jesus. These disciples will in turn saturate their nations with the good news and train other disciples to do the same generation after generation through the process of spiritual multiplication. So I'll start from that last part of the the definition and that is that spiritual multiplication, generation after generation. So just as you hear that, it should let us know that this is unending. The, the, the way that we may do ministry may change but the same impetus goes on and on and on and that is to make go and make disciples. And so whenever we look at ourselves, look at uh, the body of Christ, that should be uh, foremost and what we're all about. So whether we're talking about Christian education, family ministries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that should have something to do with are we making disciples? Because, as you know, we can become, we meaning the church in general, can become a social uh, organization and getting together just for getting together's sake. Um, but we have to be more than that. Um, as we started out, this is the Lord's command. This is what we are to do. This is what disciples do, and that is to make disciples. As I mentioned, other um, Gospels have a similar um So you can read the other Gospels, particularly the end of the other Gospels, and see the various ways that the Gospel writers say the same thing, but it all goes back to a directive from the Lord to go and make disciples, to bring glory to the Father, and to have an impact in this world. So let's go back to the passage of Scripture itself. From the very beginning, this is what we were called to do. Uh, we talked about this last week in terms of being disciples. This is what it means to be a disciple, a learner, a follower. Now, this is the arm of what we as disciples do. And we know that from the very beginning, that call of, disciple, of the disciples, Jesus' early call was for them to follow him and to be fishers. He already gave them uh, an assignment to do. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but he gave them a task. He gave them an assignment. He gave them a purpose, and that was to be fishers of men or to have an impact in in this world, preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. Um, and, and before Christ's ascension, not just his resurrection, but when he returned back to heaven, these are kind of the, one of the final things that he had to say um, to the body of believers. And that should look, give us a hint um, that at the end uh, of his earthly ministry, before he ascended into heaven, he wanted to make sure it was very clear what the church, what the disciples, what the apostles have been called to do. And that is to make disciples of all um all nations they had experienced the pain and the shock of the cruise and the trauma of the crucifixion Uh, they were amazed at his resurrection from the dead for 40 days uh, jesus appeared to them at various times and was teaching them about the kingdom of god and then we get to the passage from verse uh, 16 Um, from verse 16 it says um then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. So let's let's start right there. Disciples, we are worshipers. Uh, the first thing that they did when they saw Jesus, they went to Galilee, the place that Jesus remember, they were in Jerusalem. That's where. Um, that's where the crucifixion took place. That's where the appearance that Jesus had to the disciples. But somewhere along the line, uh, as you read through Matthew's gospel in a couple places where he tells the women as well as um, the apostles at the Last Supper, I will meet you in Galilee. So, <laughs> don't you want to be where Jesus is? So somehow they made it from Jerusalem to Galilee. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. So I I just want to make sure I got that out first, is that, oh, that we as a body of Christ, that we will get a fresh, again, we're talking about Lent now, we'll get a fresh vision of who Jesus is. And when we, see him, his presence, his glory, that we will have a fresh sense of worship and adoration for him. Because when they saw him in Jerusalem, uh, he was crucified. There was a trauma. They were behind closed doors. They were filled with fear. But now when they get to Galilee, uh, they worship him, adoration and praise. And there's nothing wrong with Giving praise and honor to the Lord. So our lives should be as disciples. Part of what we do is we worship, worship Him. Um, and they f- went to Galilee to meet them there. Uh, fortunately, you know, we don't have to go to a particular location. As a matter of fact, we haven't really been able to go to our normal location for quite a while. But wherever we gather, we can come together and our hearts should be filled with a sense of adoration, praise and worship. And it's important here um, to be part of a fellowship of believers that's giving worship and praise to the Lord. So the first thing uh, disciples are called to do not for be in terms of relationship, but now to do is to renew our worship, love, Praise unto the Lord. When they saw him, they worshiped him. So um, I'm using that as a, a, a sense that disciples should be filled with adoration or praise to the Lord. And you know, we all can go through multiple ways that we can uh, give praise and honor to the Lord. But that should be the desire of our heart. And that is to worship him. Second thing. <clears throat> Jesus says they went first. The disciples went to Galilee um, to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. The second thing, Jesus speaks to them, and he says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So recognize that Jesus has all authority, and." power. And what is the scope of that authority and power? Is it limited? I see some head shaking. Others, I, yeah. I can't see your I can't see your picture. So I hopefully I see <laughs> some head nodding. But uh, there is no limit um, to the authority and power of Jesus Christ. So, what gives us the the right uh, to go forth um, in His name, and we do this under His authority and His power? Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like having not kind of. It's it's like having a, an all access pass, so that you know if somebody wants to check. They say, "No, I'm I'm coming here. I'm doing this in the name." How God has given us the right the, under his authority. I'm not coming forth in our own authority or power. We're going forth in the authority and power of the Lord. And so what does that have to do with we as um, disciples? Because we're under his authority, um, when we are faced with fear, trepidation, uncertainty, just know that we are carried along by the authority and the power of the Lord. And that we can know that nothing can hinder us because we are working under the authority and the power of the Lord. And so um, the Old Testament passage that it says "It's not by might nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit. So we are going in the authority and the power of the Lord, that's what enables us to do uh, as disciples, the next thing which Jesus tells us to do. So we have this adoration, we know we're going forth in the authority, but next, what is our assignment? And this is where we're gonna really go into the key part here. It starts with therefore in verse um, 19, rather. Therefore, therefore, what's that link there? Jesus' authority and power. Because he has all authority and power, we don't have to hesitate about going forward. And it says, therefore, to do what? What's the first thing he tells us to do? What's the assignment? The disciples. disciples? What's that? Make disciples of all nations. Okay, that is part of the assignment. What's the first thing he tells us to do? It says, go. 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 <laughs> so because, because he has all authority and power, what's the first thing that he tells us to do? Go. go.
1: go.
0: So part of this Lenten experience is to be renewed, um, to not only be, and, and I know many of you um, were in the Summer Institute a couple years ago talking about inward focus versus outward focus. Well, that's part of what we do as a church. We are outwardly focused because Jesus has told us to go. We are not called to just huddle around, hang out together. Although that's great. It's nice that we do that. And that's part of what we do in fellowship. But the other part of that is that we are on assignment to Go. And this is not, as some some writer has said, this is not a suggestion meaning, you know, it would be kind of nice if whenever you could fit it into your schedule, um, you know, put it on one of the priorities. Where should this fit as a disciples in our priority?
1: Talk to me now. One.
0: Should be number one, that should be our number one priority. So, if you are going on to your checklist and going is is not on your number one priority, then we have to reevaluate what we are all about and what we are doing. Therefore, because of all authority and because of all power, and that's limitless in terms of Christ Himself, therefore go um, if you remember when they were called Jesus sent them out how two by two, two, by two.
1: two.
0: to go um, and this really is really a fulfillment of what God had from the v- very beginning what did the creator of the heavens and the earth say to Adam and Eve be fruitful and multiply multiply. So it was always, always about growth. When God spoke to Moses and to the is, nation of Israel, what were they to do? They were to go forth into the promised land. So it was still that idea of going forward. God has sent us out. So we are being sent uh, from from the church or the sanctuary and sent out in the name of the Lord to go and then of course jesus sent out his apostles which means sent to go forth um, and to preach to teach to heal and deliver and that's the same call that he has given us today so the assignment first part is therefore go next that's part of the assignment and someone said it earlier i think it was deacon jenkins mentioned Uh, Before I get to the next part, um, where are are they to go? Go where? Go out into the world, the uttermost parts. Into all nations. Mm -hmm. Uh, One uh, way that that can be translated into all ethnos or all the world. what we have our word is ethnicity. So it doesn't matter what the background, what the culture is, we are still called to go into all ethnos, into all the world to proclaim. So there's no limit um, to what Christ has called us to do. There is no cultural limitations, no racial limitations. None of those things are barriers because Jesus has given us authority through him to go into all the world. And uh, I read Acts chapter one, verse eight. um, In particular, that one highlights part of that call. All nations, meaning for them, it was Jerusalem where they started out, Judea, the region, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So not only focus on Jerusalem part of your culture someplace what you're familiar with but even to Samaria and for even for that to be mentioned was a a change and a challenge for them because as you know from history uh, the Jews and Samaritans did not get along but Jesus is telling us to cross those cultural divides and lines go into Samaria and to the ends of the earth and again for the Jewish mindset The ends of the earth meant going to the the Gentiles. So already from the very beginning, Gentiles who were, they had some choice words for Gentiles. And so it causes us to look uh, again at ourselves um, in terms of that assignment to go, what are the things that may be holding us back and for us not to Go into all nations and have that global reach of this commission. So, yes, we need to focus on Jerusalem, wherever we are, whether that's in our neighborhood, uh, whether it's in our job, wherever that, that Jerusalem is for us. And we can define that for us as Christian Faith Baptist Church. What is our Jerusalem? What are the What is our Judea? What region? What are you talking about? County? What is the state? The nation? The globe, um, and so that's part of the challenge, or of our assignment, and that is to go. Okay. Any any comments there before we continue on? I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, verse seventeen, uh, it says, "When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted." Who were the uh, the some, and why did they doubt him? <laughs> um, that is unclear. Um, it could be a composite. Remember, from the Gospel of John, we had uh, one of the disciples, Thomas. So that could be referring to back to when Thomas was not a, with them when Jesus appeared to them the first time. Matthew is um, doesn't really give us a whole lot wow. of information um, about who they were, um, but it, it does challenge us in terms of for for us as If there are others around us who are doubting, should that prevent us from worshiping the Lord? Should that hinder us from following the Lord's command to go? And I will answer that question for you. No, it shouldn't. Um, And I'll just thank you for asking that question. Because we can go back to when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. There were some, as they called the rabble that was with them, said, no, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Mm -hmm. No, there's always going to be the naysayers, but Mm -hmm. that should not prevent us um, from worshiping the Lord and Mm -hmm. following the Lord's command. And the reason why Mm -hmm. I say it's a good question observation is because sometimes when we're relooking at what we're called to do. Um, people will question our motives. You know, what should we really be doing? This um, is this what really what? No, it's. I think, at least for me, is very clear, what mm-hmm. Jesus wants us to do, and that is to go. And so okay. we're not to get hung up on those who are doubting. But I think it's a good, good question well, and observation. The, re- the reason I asked the question, uh, Reverend, because in verse sixteen they talked about his disciples, eleven of them. And I'm thinking that's what he, he was talking to, or talking about, rather. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, and I, I, and that, again, that's a hard one because yeah. although they're folk, Matthew's gospel, and this gets into a bigger discussion, Matthew's yeah. gos, gospel focuses on the 11, but remember, yeah. there were the 70, That'd so, be. you know, Matthew focuses on them, where the yeah. other 70 is part of that, just that Matthew's not okay. honing it. First um, Corinthians 15 talks about that Jesus appeared to 500 other brethren so you know it, it really Matthew's focus is on the 11 because they're the ones charged but mm-hmm. there could have been others there because okay. again if you look at first Corinthians 15 he talks about he paired to the 11 to James to 500 brothers at different times so um, it's not that they there was only 11. Well, here in the text, it says 11, and that's the focus. But it could be that there were others along um, along with them as well. Okay, good. But that's, but that's good. That's good. Thank you. So therefore, go. Next. What's the next thing that he tells them to do? Beth Make. Does. What? Disciples. Make yeah. disciples. And we kind of hinted at this. Last week, uh, I think we ended kind of with the question, what's the difference between being a member and a disciple? We we talked about that a little bit uh, last week. So when we talk about making disciples, we're not just talking about making good church members, although that is part of it. Um, It is making disciples by baptizing, And when we talk about baptism, what is it that we're talking about? What does baptism signify? We're identifying with Christ when we get baptized. Okay, so when we're saying, when someone is being baptized, they are identifying with Christ. And I'm glad, I'm so glad you said that uh, because sometimes we think it's, well, we're baptizing, we're identifying with a denomination. And we're identifying with Jesus Christ. We are making a declaration that we are part of the kingdom of God, and I am now associated as Romans. Um, yeah, Romans six, I believe, talks about what baptism is all all about buried with Christ and raised to new life, and that's a whole nother uh, teaching moment. But baptism, in summary, is saying that I am a member. I am part of the family of God, I identify with Jesus Christ. And going back to what we talked about last week, I'm willing to follow, I'm willing to take up the cross, I'm willing to deny myself and follow him. And this is my identification uh, with Jesus Christ. Um, So that's the first thing, this is what baptism signifies, baptism part of the body of christ next what's the other thing It tells them to do baptize and into the name of the of the law of the father that's what we call the modality Mm -hmm. um, the formula and again that is again the identity uh, with the the triune god the creator identifying with christ jesus the next is not only baptizing but also teaching. Teaching. Um, I, I see, Sister Poland. Can I give a shout? Can I give a shout out for Christian education? Okay, <laughs> she's authorized. I'm going on her authority. Oh, oh. <laughs> she's authorizing me to talk about Christian education. So mm. I will just give a, a, a plug uh, for a moment. Now, you probably got the announcement about Right Now Media. That's another means for which that we can come under the teaching of the Word of God. If you haven't done so, log in, take advantage. There's a lot that's offered there for adults, children, singles, all all aspects. So that's a way. We're doing some of that tonight. When we gather on Wednesday night or When we gather at Sunday school, and many of you are involved in other kind of fellowships or Bible studies, but when you are doing that, uh, you are being taught, but also you are teaching others. And not only formally, but we do that informally by our fellowship with one another, checking up on one another. So there can be the formal things of Sunday school, Bible study, formal classes but we also do that in our mentoring moments teaching them admonishing them calling and checking up on somebody to see how they're doing that's all part of teaching them to follow after to follow after Jesus so when we make disciples baptizing teaching to do what to observe, observe all things I told you whoa 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 do it slowly, to observe what? All things. Oh, not just, not not we can pick and choose things that we like. Oh, I like this, kind of like you go, you know, this is a a buffet line, you know, this, no, this kingdom of God is not a buffet line to observe all things. And so, you know, we want to, sometimes we want to make it easy and simple, and it is, but the same time is also, uh, it's a call to be different. So observe all things. And I I know it's, you know, we want to sometimes just talk about things that make people feel good, but sometimes the gospel doesn't make us feel good. It it, It highlights some of our it highlights some of my sinfulness, so I don't, I don't want to put that on anybody else. It will highlight my sinfulness, and this is a good time to talk about this, and it leads us to repent, and that's what Lent is all about. So observe all things, and so when we are uh, going in a different direction than what the Lord has called us to do, we are still to teach all things, even if it, as someone used to say, it's tight, but it's right. And so this, this is a part of the all things. Although we want to make things nice and palatable, sometimes it's not nice and palatable. It's holding people accountable. And yeah, that's, I don't want to go too mm-hmm. deep in that. But that's part of making disciples, baptizing and teaching. What's the next thing? teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you and,
1: and that he will be with us. If oh, close,
0: Come on now. He already okay. talked about authority and power. That's how we go out. Wow. And when we go out, we're not going out wow. in our own power of authority. And while we're out there, he hasn't just like said, all right, now y'all go do it. <laughs> when you come back, tell me how it was. When you live in this life, okay, you're on your, no. And lo, or behold, verily, I am with you. Always. I only heard one voice. <laughs> and lo, I am with you. Always. 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 Here we go. We're in agreement. I am with you. Always, always. I, I just wish that we could really get that take that to heart. I'm with you always. What about the times when I feel all alone and distant <laughs> from the Lord, and I and I'm just frustrated. For whatever else is going on in my life, I'm trying, I'm trying to live the best way I know how. Is the Lord still with me then? Yes.
1: Yes, yes. yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Always. What about the times when I may be filled with doubt, uncertainty? Is the Lord with me then? Yes. 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 Okay. Always. He's with us always. always. So even when we mess up always i'm going to pause for effect
1: mm-hmm. always always, thank you. always always
0: okay always. thank you very much always Ooh. it doesn't mean that we can live any kind of way that we want to and yeah. but even in those moments he's still with us and that's where and again that's this a whole nother part of in terms of the presence of the holy spirit but he is there to lead and guide us into all truth. So even when we go astray, guess what? His voice, his, the shepherd's voice is to, still calling us. And we remind as we're making disciples that we, uh, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if Amen. we do sin, as it says in 1 John chapter 1, if we do sin, he is faithful. I've heard somebody say it. He's faithful to forgive us for all our rights. He is faithful and just. for So for the one, especially for the younger believers who may say, as if we're making disciples who mess up, made a mistake, you know, I don't know if I can do this. Yes. Mm. I don't, this, I don't, <laughs> I'm don't. i not trying to sound like our former president. Yes, we can. But yes, <laughs> I'll put it, say it like this. Yes, God can. Amen. Because, and he does. Why? Because he is faithful and just and yes. to forgive us mm-hmm. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. And lo, mm-hmm. I am with you always oh. to the very end of the age. I heard a preacher say several months ago from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Dr. Brian. Mm-hmm. He who began a good work <laughs> in you will bring it Amen. to completion mm-hmm. until the day of. Christ. Put it this way: Amen. If he starts something, yes. Guess what?
1: He's gonna finish,
0: finish it. it. Yeah. He's a, he's big and bad enough to finish it.
1: Amen.
0: I said, if he start, you know what you used to say, BT. <laughs> 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 if he started it. He knows how to finish it. Amen. And there's there's no doubt about it. And lo, I am with you always. So as we go and as we do what a disciple is called to do, rest assured, as disciples, we go in the authority. We have our Mm -hmm. marching orders, so to speak. (laughs) And we don't have to worry if we're um, not doing everything right because we're not perfect, but we are being perfected in Christ and he is with us to lead us and to guide us and we can rest in confidence in him and lo I am with you always to the very end of the age and I pray that this study today and again as I said this is kind of a quick snapshot of part of what a disciple does has all has called us to re excuse me recommit ourselves to the churches and our primary mission, and that is to proclaim, to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, making disciples of all nations, not limited to people we're familiar with, but folks that are maybe beyond our cultural setting, uh, all nations. Discipleship, as we noted, is more than being a good church member. We are not attempting to fill the pews, although that may be a byproduct or a product of what we do, Mm -hmm. but it is to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. And as we do that, others will continue to build God's kingdom, that he may be glorified. And if we are about glorifying Jesus Christ, and I think... Uh, brother Jacob would say it like this. If he is lifted up, <laughs> Jesus will do all the drawing unto himself. So it's it's about lifting up Jesus. That's mm. part of what a discip- disciple does. And we know that he will draw all men and women, brother Jake, boys and girls unto him. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, Praise God. Uh, We're going to stop there. Uh, It's right at 745. Next week, for those who weren't on in the beginning, uh, next week we will be talking about Holy Week. And because it is um, thematic, um, meaning that there's going to be multiple um, things talked about beginning, of course, Holy Week begins on... um, Sunday, Palm Sunday and ends on Easter. So we'll be talking about the events uh, of Holy Week. And just for background, you can browse through John chapter 12 through 20, um, and you can go to any of the gospels where um, they talk about Palm Sunday to um, Easter. So any of the gospels, but I'm just gonna highlight John 12 through 20 and we won't really delve into each chapter or text, just the events. So, for example, we'll talk about Palm Sunday. We'll talk about um, the, the Lord's Supper. We'll talk about Good Friday. So all of those will be covered um, as we go through uh, Holy Week. And that'll be next week. Um, <clears throat> and then looking forward, um, the last day of Holy Week, at least for uh, our Bible study will be the 31st of March. And in the beginning, we did not, we said we, the principal things or the uh, disciplines of, of Lent are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Those are the three that were highlighted. And I did not really cover prayer. And I referred you to some of the sermons that Dr. Ballard preached. But on the last day, um, the 31st, I will be looking at some of the prayers of Holy Week. Um, so that'll be the last thing that we will look at of Holy Week. So um, praise God. God bless you. I'm just so glad that we could be together as body of Christ. Amen. 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 Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. And before we do so, um, I'm going to uh, ask my wife if we she would close us out in in prayer so are there any uh, prayer requests that we have be- before we close I want to lift up my brother-in-law he's going through a procedure just hope pray that everything goes well Okay need to
1: pray for Dr uh, Mrs Ballard, uh, yes. Vicky Brandon
0: Who is the other name you mentioned Vicky Brandon Oh okay And also Chris Hinton.
1: And I would like to lift lift up my daughter, Cynthia Jones, who will have to have surgery soon. A prayer healing for a friend who had surgery this week. And prayer for those who are affected by the storm and and us who will be affected by the storm. Mm
0: -hmm, Thank you.
1: I would like to lift up my daughter who's uh, having a procedure on. Friday, it involves, um, she's really challenged with uh, her arm and it is, she works from home and it's her main source of, um, you know, to be able to do her job. Amen.
0: Amen. Pray pray for my family uh, and uh, continue to to pray for uh, Renee Smith.
1: This is Verlene, continue to pray for my sister, um, Jennifer Ejama, she got hurt um, Wednesday, last Wednesday, at work. Amen. And I would like to also lift up my It's my next door neighbor that's right across from the church. She has uh, fallen and broke her ankle. Mm. She's, she's she's having it really tough right now, so I would really ask prayer for her. She has to have surgery on that ankle. Amen. And I'd like to lift up uh, my neighbor, uh, Reverend Al Horton. Uh, he's been in the hospital three different times within the last thirty days and mm-hmm. so it's it's real hard on him and and his wife who's trying to care for him so please lift them up and pray.
0: as always I have the search committee yes
1: amen. go ahead. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of coming together in your name to study your word, to grow in your word, to dialogue together and to hear from you, oh God. We thank you for our teacher, Lord. We uh, thank you that we are in a place to want to learn and grow through your word. Continue to teach us even after our study tonight is done, Lord, continue to let your word be hidden in our hearts that. We might not sin against you to teach us and feed us and nourish us in the inner man, oh God. Father, we pray for all of the needs that have been expressed, oh God. Medical procedures happening, healing needed, oh God. Um, Family members, colleagues, co-workers. Father, there is so much need in our world oh god and we thank you that we can bring it to you as your children as your disciples use us for your glory lord show yes. us where we can be your disciples in the world we, we yield ourselves we give ourselves to you show us how you want to use us in our circles that we move in oh god speak to our hearts speak to our minds oh god We pray for Dr. and Mrs. Ballard. We we lift them up. We ask that you would just let them know that you are present with them, that you have not left them either, oh God. Father, we thank you also for our church family and our pastoral search committee, oh God, that you would give them wisdom and guidance and just lead them and guide them as they do the work of the kingdom, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for all that um, you have poured into us, O God. And Father, the storm has already reached some. The storm is coming to our direction. Lord, we thank you that your name, O God, is a strong tower. And your word says the righteous run to it and are safe. So help us, O God, even in the midst of the natural storm, to see ourselves running to you and being safe. Protect us all. We thank you, Lord for the privilege of being called your disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you. you. Amen. Amen. Blessings to you. Have a good night. Take care. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Be
1: safe. Good night. Take
0: care.